0: Well, it is Monday, the 20th of September 2021, and it's another glorious afternoon here in Salford. How are you doing? Have you had a good weekend? Have you had a good Monday thus far? Thanks for finding me again. I've got a brilliant guest lined up for you this evening and some interesting things to talk about, too.
1: You're listening to the saviour of the independent media. It's your Richie Allen. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen.
0: Now I do believe you know how to contact the program. By now, you can go to richieallen.co.uk It's it's it's, it's comment live. At the top of the page, the homepage, comment live. Let me know your thoughts. Your deepest darkest thoughts. I want to hear them. Rachel Elno will be on the programme a little bit later on. Live, I think, from the Peak District in Greater Manchester. Terrific conversation with Rachel much earlier this year. She is a very successful entrepreneur and, of course, is very well known as being one of the original dragons from the BBC's excellent Dragons Den. Rachel Elno, who's made the news, of course, of late, We'll talk about that with her and much more as well. It is Monday's Richie Allen Show. <laughs> and I'm the biggest, the baldiest, the gammon in town, indeed I am. I had a lovely weekend, so I did. Today begins the rejigging, not the rejigging. Today begins the picking up the baton where I had dropped it. Dropping the alcohol, the alcohol. I'm dropping it now, for a while. I'm very excited about it. Not, I am actually. I'm I'm committed to it, and once I commit myself to something, I'm not easily swayed or stray. I don't easily stray from the path. That's what I mean. That is what I mean. I was busy on richieallen.co.uk today with one or two pieces, one or two stories, get on there and check them out if you haven't. I'll be talking about them this hour anyway as we go along. Very interesting running this morning, as I do. We had a very heavy fog this morning. As anyone who lives in these parts will know, or you will have seen it this morning anyway, every second driver was driving without lights. Now, I am not turning this into a mainstream media programme. Because this is the thing, the sort of thing they normally whinge about, to get people phoning up. But it struck me, you know, about people's capacity to fall for anything. Like, you wonder why they fall for COVID. Every second, driver. No lights. And I mean it, I'm not exaggerating. Most of the thickos on the road think that their headlights will run down the battery. That's actually the truth. I have this on good authority. You see, most people you encounter in your life are terrifically thick. There's more intelligence in donkey semen. The swimmers inside donkey balls are brighter than most people. (laughs) Honestly, a shoal of donkey sperm, brighter than most of the people you meet. I hope you're not eating your dinner as you listen to this. Donkey sperm, yeah. Honestly, that's the the truth of it. You wonder why they fall for it. Just look at them on the roads. And speaking of stupidity, case in point, the Welsh Labour Party has called off its party conference for 2021. Why? Because of rising coronavirus cases. The party cancelled the event today because they expect a peak of COVID cases in the autumn. So they're doing the woke thing. We'll cancel our conference well, we think there might be a lot of COVID around. They had moved it from February last to November 7th, and they were expecting about a 1,000 people to turn up, but they've just, well, scrapped it now. They've scrapped it because the Welsh most senior medical advisor is Dr. Frank Atherton. And he says he's hopeful the country can avoid another lockdown this winter, but he refused to rule it out. Lockdowns, lockdowns, lockdowns. And if you are somebody who likes travelling to the United States, I don't think this is going to be much use to you. The United States is relaxing travel restrictions for passengers from the UK and the European Union. And that brings to an end an 18-month ban. This was announced on the day that Boris Johnson arrived in New York City to go to the United Nations to persuade the countries of the world not to be producing so much of the old CO2. So Johnson will say this is a triumph, but don't get too excited. Why? Well, you can only go to the States if you are fully jabbed. Fully. And if you agree to undergo testing and contact tracing as well. So there you are. If you want to go to the US, you've got to be fully jabbed and you've got to agree to the old testing while you're there and being traced as well. Lovely. Trump brought in the travel ban, didn't he, in March of last year with President Biden changing the rules. There you go. I can see the Statue of Liberty already. Somebody said one time, I don't know. Airline shares have risen following these reports. Shall... We get to something a bit more important, the jabbing of the 12 to 15 year old kiddies, which began today in some parts of the country. I don't think now that every district, every school began jabbing 12 to 15 year olds today, but many of them did. Some of them did. Not good. At all. At all, at all, at all. Let's get into it. Elizabeth is a young teenager. She was on BBC News this morning and she was asked young Elizabeth, why, in tarnation, do you want the jab? She told this to the BBC.
2: Well, I work in a a second-hand bookshop and I want, just if someone asks if I've been vaccinated, to say that I can to ease their minds and ease mine, if they do kind of get it,
3: then I would still, I wouldn't have a bad reaction. So is it more about protecting others than you then? Definitely. I mean, I go on kind of a bus back and forth from school as well. And I just
2: want to make sure everyone else is safe.
3: Have you had any concerns for yourself through the the pandemic? What impact has it had on you? I've
2: been very concerned about kind of my family members and kind of the people who kind of
3: teach me at school and all that. But I've not had any concerns about myself. And you want to be able to make the decision for yourself? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And mum, Shani, uh, would you stand in her way in terms of getting the vaccination?
0: You can hear the smile in the presenter's voice. Hey, mum, Shani, will you stand in her way? So Elizabeth isn't scared for herself. She wants to ease the minds of those around her. Well, mummy, will you be getting in the way?
2: No, no. I mean, all her life she's had no. the vaccines that have been recommended. And uh, I know she's thought about it deeply. She's researched it. She's talked with her peers. Same with her younger brother. And they're both very definite that they want to get vaccinated very happily now they can. Uh, Especially, for example, my younger son, he usually would have music lessons with an older member of the community. And he's very concerned that. He can't have those lessons until he's he's certain that he's not going to be at risk of passing it
0: on. Mm. Well, Mum, Shawnee, is obviously not paying any attention to the independent media. There is no risk whatsoever he will pass it on to the older piano teacher, presumably, or saxophone teacher. None of that going on. So the kids are not in any way... I don't know, apprehensive about COVID for themselves, but they are very worried about the community. Mm, The little boy won't go back to music until he gets it.
3: And that's Stuart, and he's 13. That's right.
0: Stuart is 13.
3: And so, I mean, obviously the reasons being discussed here that we're hearing from you and from, from Elizabeth are very much, and what you're saying about Stuart, very much about protecting others. Have you had any qualms yourself about your children being vaccinated in this context? That it's not so much about their own protection as about the the, the good for society. Mm. Well.
0: I think
3: it's it's very
2: important that we're we're all part of the same community. We should all be protecting ourselves and others.
0: We're in it together. Uh,
2: both my husband and I are vaccinated, and we we got that as soon as
0: we were able to do so. I wonder when they read the newspapers, these people, do they just not ingest, you know, the parts that contradict their 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 understanding of COVID or whatever it is? Because even in The Guardian, the ever fuckery Guardian, it will regularly drop in the tidbit that The jab doesn't stop you from passing anything on. So, does Shani, the mother, just skip over that bit when she reads the papers? I don't understand that. Presumably she does. Maybe Elizabeth and Shani should listen to retired orthopedic surgeon Professor John Fairclough. Because he claimed this morning, while speaking to talk radio's Julia Hartley Brewer, that jabbing the youngsters is dangerous. And he also criticised the government for overruling the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation. I only wish that Mum Shawnee and young Liz and the young kid that gets the music lessons would hear this from John Fairclough.
4: I think this is probably... I've been in medicine now about five decades. I think this is probably one of the most dangerous um, uh, efforts that we've had in medicine because what we're doing is we're, in effect overturning the position of medical um, individuals for political purposes. Well, let's go back a little bit to what uh, the consent issue is. The consent is that you are aware of what the consequences of a medical action is. Uh, Recently, one of the members of uh, Sage chose to go on the radio station, not yours, um, and actually interview or be interviewed uh, with three or four young children and actually wasn't able to give the information which is on the government website and had to Google it. Mm. He also got the rate of inflammation of the heart incorrect from the published international data. So if he cannot actually be aware of the consent issues, then how can a 12 year old? And what we have to remember is that in this interview, the child, one of the children, Actually, it had COVID, and one uh, of the published data sets shows that the one aspect is the best um, form of defense you can have is having COVID. I know from your previous that you've had it, Julia. And um, Boris Johnson himself said he was bursting with antibodies. What kind of ludicrous rationale is there to take a vaccine to do something else when you know you have protection? Well, well they, yeah. Sorry, and the the data is that it's
0: not harmless. Mm. I've got to say, God damn Julia Hartley Brewer for not alerting her audience to the fact that Professor Fairclough was in fact referring to Jonathan Van Tam, England's Deputy Chief Medical Officer. It was Van Tam who dropped a bollock on national television on the BBC News Channel being questioned alongside children. It was Van Tam that had all his sums and all his numbers wrong because he didn't have a Scooby-Doo. And it was incumbent this morning on Julia Hartley Brewer to point that out. Now, either she just missed the trick, which is possible. I'm certainly not perfect. I don't declare myself to be better than than her. I've not said things at times when I could have said them. But that's a big that's a big thing. It's a big, big deal, that. It's Van Tam who's urging children to get the vaccine while misrepresenting the risk to them from, from the jab, I should say, not from, from the vaccine. I wish the parents of children who might be consenting to their children today, tomorrow, Wednesday, to have the jab, I wish they could hear from guys like Fairclough. But apart from talk radio, you won't hear him and he won't come on this programme. So what are you going to do? High profile people, well, semi high profile people losing their jobs because they refuse to be jabbed. You might have seen this on my website today. Ty Webster plays basketball in New Zealand in a team, a New Zealand team, which plays in the Australian National Basketball League. Now, the team was very badly affected by COVID travel restrictions last season. So they decided to relocate to Australia so that they can fulfil their fixtures. And they asked all of the players to be jabbed. And this guy, Ty Webster, a point guard, he had just signed a two-year extension to his contract. Apparently, he's a very good player. He said, no thanks, I don't want to be jabbed. And he was immediately released by the team. And the owner of the team, a guy called Matt Walsh, said that his refusal, the player's refusal to be jabbed, would complicate travel plans. The owner said, I fully support each player's freedom of choice in regards to the vaccine. The club will keep the door open for Ty, but unfortunately we're living in extraordinary times. Without being jabbed, he will not have the freedom of travel which would allow him to play for us this season. And the player himself, Ty Webster, he tweeted, somewhat cryptically, Although, maybe not cryptically. He tweeted, If I'm betting on myself, I completely, and completely is in block capitals, double down. So how unemployed you got to be exactly to go on benefits. Asking for me, he said. Presumably he's referring to his immune system when he said he would bet on himself. Out of a career he is. And the commissioner of the National Basketball League in Australia is a guy called Jeremy, L- is it Lowliger or Lowliger? He said the league will not force players to be jabbed, but there are ramifications or there will be ramifications for players and officials who opt out of having one. It's beginning to look a gal- lot. Like tyranny, isn't it? Just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to read some of your comments now, because I'm supposed to do that, and it's a good thing when I do it. Let me read some of your comments. to comment, richieallen.co.uk. Comment live, that's the page, you can't miss it, at the top of the homepage on my website. Good evening to Jane. Jane says, Since when before now did anybody take a vaccine to protect others? The levels of inversion, subversion, indoctrination and virtue signalling are through the roof. These people following this line have lost the ability to separate truth from lies. And I feel very sorry for them. The loss will be theirs heavily, I feel. I fear even, says Jane. Thank you, Jane hi to science is for sale. Do us a favour, folks. When you are leaving messages, can you just invent a name? Any Christian name will do. Any Muslim name will do. Any Jewish name will do. Just any name, please. It doesn't have to be your real name. But these um, ridiculous pseudonyms, they kind of piss me off when I'm reading out the comments. Or, or it could just be that it's Monday. It could just be that it's Monday as well. It could be. Anyway, Science Is For Sale says, so many children are just going to be sterile and probably dead due to their parents' fears and gullibility. Never mind Gillick competence. What about gullible competence? Emma says, oh my God, I can feel their balls in their effing throats, Richie. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. Hi to Linda, who says, Richie, it would appear that the 18-month campaign of brainwashing has resulted in a resounding success. Depressingly. Some people are beyond reach, says Linda. How sad. No one's getting a needle anywhere near my kids, says Linda. Are you a parent of a secondary school child, are you? Let me know. Have you had the letter yet? Because apparently letters are being posted out from schools to parents asking for the consent information, which is interesting. The schools are sending letters to parents asking, what's the story, parents? Do you consent if not? Does the child consent? And all of that. Hi to Wes, who says people will sacrifice anything to fit in Richie. Yes, even their children. Hi to Gail, who was at Stand in the Park yesterday. Three new people arrived. One of them said he hasn't seen his grandkids for nearly two years. He said he isn't bothered because he doesn't like them. (laughs) All right. All right, then. Mummy... Shani should be more concerned about that older member of the community slipping something to her teenage boy than she should uh, be worried about the kid giving him COVID during a violin lesson, says Paul. It's a bit harsh, Paul, but I hear you. Paul Curtis says, Richie, have you got a copy of Flu Fishing by J.R. Hartley? The name, yes, it's J.R. Hartley. Marvellous, yellow pages yellow pages. Alan says if I was asked to teach a young kid the bass, I would insist, they were unsullied. It works both ways. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Alan. It's time for a tune before we take another story. This is F4 David then. That's right. I knew it was. Welcome to the Richie Allen Radio Show. 20 minutes past the hour. I love you. Words from FR David on The Richie Allen Show. Words better come easy for my friend Andy Hunter. I'm absolutely chuffed to bits. I just had an email from Andy, a friend of mine, a long-time listener and supporter of this programme from day one. Andy went to Florida some years ago to study law from the UK. And he, he graduated, which is a fantastic thing from university with his law degree, but then he had to take the bar exam. And he took the bar exam a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and he said to me on Friday, I'm really nervous, Richie, I get the results on Monday. And some people don't pass the bar exam the first time, but Andy Hunter only went and passed the bar exam The first time. Andy, I went on to my emails just to check had you been in touch and I've got a grin from ear to ear. You can probably hear it in my voice. Get in there, my son. Get right in there. Fantastic news. Fantastic. And dear listener, if I can tell you this, one of the reasons Andy chose to go and study law was was to see if he could be any use to people. Could he be any benefit to people in these coming totalitarian times? That was his motivation. And he was a successful guy in property and decided it wasn't enough for him. He was going to go and study law and got a. a, 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 a I, I don't know if he got a scholarship, I don't think he did, but got a place at a prestigious university in Florida got his degree and now he said he's passed the bar exam and in his email he said to me there, there will be a discount of course for Richie Allen Show listeners who need a bit of legal advice over there in Florida. Andy, I'm absolutely thrilled mate. I hope you and your partner have a fantastic evening this evening. I have no doubt you will. You'll have a couple of glasses of wine no doubt. It's 24 and a half minutes past the hour. Great guy Andy. Speaking, by the way, of jabbing the 12 to 15-year-olds, which began today, what a coincidence. On the day, on the very day, dear listener, that 12 to 15-year-olds began receiving the jab, the very day, Pfizer-BioNTech came out with a statement and said, wait for it, wait for it now, it said that their jab is good for 5 to 11-year-olds as well. I bet it's like Popeye. It's like Popeye used to say, Well, blow me down. I bet you never saw that coming, did you? What a coincidence. Today, our jab is good for the 5 to 11 year olds. Praise be to Jesus, Mary, Holy Saint Joseph, Methuselah, the Garden of Gethsemane, and Biggest Dickus. The jab is safe for everybody. For everyone. Yes, safe for everybody. Ian Collins on talk radio. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man he was today. Gotta give credit where credit is due. This afternoon, Ian Collins had a proper debate on his talk radio show. A real one. Professor Angus Dalgleish, or Angus, I say Angus. Professor Angus Dalgleish is a professor of oncology at St. George's University of London. Top man. He was debating Dr. David Lloyd. David is a GP and he's a very good friend of Kay Burley's. He's often on Sky News. Well, Angus Dalgleish is not at all impressed about jabbing children, let alone five-year-old children, with COVID jabs. David Lloyd, on the other hand, well, he would dig up his dead granny and give her a jab if he was allowed. Let's start with Angus Dalgleish, the oncology professor. Why are you not happy, Angus, about jabbing The kitties. There's no
5: evidence that the disease is serious in this age group in the way that it is in older people. So don't get me wrong. For those who are are at risk and the older people, um, of course the vaccine programme has been fantastic. But with the younger people who have a very dynamic uh, T-cell dominated immune system, I query whether in fact they need it. And I would just like to point out a parallel here. When I was young, Uh, We all had BCG vaccines and BCG is basically the TB vaccine to stop you. If you got tuberculosis and you've heard this before, it stopped you dying from it or being bad.
0: If you had the BCG, you will have the scars to prove it. Or being badly, uh, badly affected. It didn't
5: stop you actually getting infected. There's a bit of a parallel there, Mm. but you didn't give it to everybody. You tested whether they needed it. So we had a thing called a heath test to see whether in fact we needed to have that vaccine. Well, I would argue as somebody who's just come back from abroad and lost count of the number of expensive and complex PCR, lateral flow, God knows what uh, tests I've had to have to go abroad and come back again, I would wonder why on earth we are not testing these people before vaccines to see whether they need it. because. Uh, there's a a report saying that over 90% of people have a natural or a vaccine-induced immunity
0: to it. Wonderful. Wonderfully explained. Why wouldn't we test the children to see if they have the antibodies? And then we wouldn't need to give them any jab at all. Not that we need to give them any jab at all. But why wouldn't you do that? I think they call it an antigen test, don't they? Over to Dr. David Lloyd, then he who would dig up his dead granny and jab her if he was allowed. He is neatly introduced here by the host, Dean Collins.
6: Let, let's put some of that to David Lloyd. David, you've been a clinician for a long time, sir. Nice to have you back on the show, by the way. I mean, what do you make of what Angus said there? It does It's fairly unprecedented, isn't it, for this kind of blanket coverage now from age five, vaccinate everybody. It doesn't matter whether you need it or not. Get that jab in there. Does that, As a clinician, does that surprise you?
7: No, I, I'm afraid the new, the new stuff of the under-12s, I'm afraid, is new to me. And as being an ordinary GP, I'm afraid it's very difficult for me to keep up with the literature. But the thing about children is that they don't just live on their own. They live with families. They live with families with grandparents, grandmothers, those who are dying of, can- of COVID at the moment. Um, and we do have the second highest number of active COVID cases in the world, in the UK at the moment. And all those viruses around are just going to spread and the new variants are going to come out unless we get the population vaccinated and that means i'm afraid that we've got to do everybody we're we're falling behind in europe in terms of vaccinations for the adults portugal denmark and spain are now beating us and france is soon to beat us as well so we've got a huge role to play in getting these vaccines out to everybody so that we can reduce the instance of the disease, reduce the instance of long COVID. Remember, the figures are one in ten, or a bit shorter, longer than that.
0: A bit longer than that. Long COVID has been totally debunked, in even in the mainstream media, in the last week. Collins should have jumped in there now and said, look, give over with the long COVID, David. It's bollocks, son. You and I know it. Move on. But he didn't.
7: Longer than that of getting a prolonged illness after COVID. And that happens in children as well as in adults.
0: No, it doesn't. Again, again, Lloyd will know this, but he's he's pulling a scam here. The presenter definitely knows it, that there is no such thing as long COVID. It's monumental bollocks dreamed up by Matt Hancock to, well, to coerce people into taking a jab. Because COVID by itself is a mild respiratory infection, if it exists, that doesn't do very much to very many people. So they had to come up with something else, didn't they, last year, to justify spending all this money on jab development and then to coerce people into taking it. So they dreamed up long COVID, which is bullshit.
7: And some children do get very, very ill and die. So I think there are pros for the children getting vaccinated on their own because of the illness that they might get.
0: The JCVI says no to that. So
7: they are very good at spreading the virus. Int-
0: They're not very good at spreading the virus. virus
7: and introducing new variants. Angus so is I think are-
0: and, and introducing new variants, he said. Did you hear that? He said the children are good at spreading the virus and introducing new variants. I, I, I look at children and I see, well, when I look at a child, I see a golden retriever. <laughs> I love children. Children are hilarious. Right? I love children, they're playful, they're funny, they're crazy, they're mad, they do mad things. This guy is describing them as if they're a biological weapon.
7: Children getting vaccinated on their own because yep. of the illness that they might get. And also, they are very good at spreading the virus and in no, they're not. introducing new variants.
0: And introducing new variants, he said, "That's horse shit." So Angus I think is...
7: the argument is overwhelming. Okay, uh, can, can you
6: can you respond to that, Angus? David said, "Well, there's, there's new variants around. You know, what? Wh- why why not be safe just in case?" I think was a reasonable representation of what David's saying.
5: Angus, well, I think that, that's that's all wonderful um, as it is as it uh, sounds, but I've just been through a lot of figures today which shows that with the young people they uh but they're very young they are more likely to get complications uh, from the vaccine than, uh, than from being infected with covid in certain That's why
7: we're only giving one vaccine to so the other 12 to 16. It seems to happen on the second vaccine the myocarditis with the Pfizer so by giving just one dose we're going to protect people and also not get the side effects.
5: Well then I then my my attitude would be is why when vaccinating everybody on mass why do we not learn the lessons from the BCG why not test them first it is not difficult to test to see someone's been exposed to COVID and we do know from the data from Israel and other sources that natural immunity is superior to vaccine immunity particularly in the uh, in the young and I have cases and not my cases I don't do with the younger people but involved in in the hospital or people who have had COVID, they're very fit and well, and then they get the vaccine and they're not very fit and well. And my argument is they did not need the vaccine because they had a perfectly good response to the COVID, as judged by the fact they'd had uh, the COVID last year and they had good antibody responses. So why did they need uh, this double vaccination? And you've just said they only need one vaccine so we really don't have the data why should we be giving everybody two vaccines compulsory all the way down to five and i must say i disagree with it until i've seen data
0: very good angus dargleish did you catch the truth bomb in there it's a big truth bomb did you
5: catch it i have cases and not my cases i don't do the younger people but involved in, in the hospital of people who have had COVID, they're very fit and well, and then they get the vaccine and they're not very fit and well. And My argument is they did not need the vaccine because they had a perfectly good response to the COVID.
0: Truth bomb, truth bomb, you're my truth bomb. Did you catch that? Wonderful, isn't it? I know of people in my hospital of oncology that, well, they had COVID last year, they were okay, they got over it. They had the jab. They weren't very good at all. Fantastic. Needless to say the host skipped over that. Oh let's not get into that, you know. let's let's not get into vaccine injury, you know, you know? Let's not do that. David Lloyd then says, do we want to live with the second highest number of cases in the world? Listen up. Do we want to live
7: with the second highest number of active cases in the world? Do we want to live with this virus or do we want to get on top of it?
6: Well, does the, does the vaccine get rid of the virus entirely, David?
7: Well, in, 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 in the evidence, you, you quote Israel, Israel's got fantastic data to show that the incidence, the illness has gone right the way down but they're Huge vaccination rates, but that the, the, again, the Lancet reported this weekend that they are starting to see it coming back again. So that's why they're introducing a third dose. So the the science is there behind both children getting the getting the vaccine and adults getting the third. But dose
6: isn't third that one. an argument for perpetual vaccination? We we'd never. Well, that's what we do with
7: flu every year. So why are we going to have? To, I mean, I think we're all accepting now that we're going to have Black to have it. a yearly COVID dose, like a yearly flu dose. Okay. Oh, he
0: brought up the flu jab. But Professor Angus Dowdleish, well, he's wise to that. Okay, Angus.
5: I think if you're going to use flu as an example, I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's a very uh, poor example. We give it every year, and some years it's only effective in 7% of the population. So we vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. There's already studies showing that you'd be better off giving the population a healthy vitamin D level than giving flu vaccines every year. And I personally, having looked at that, would go along with
0: I think I'm sexually aroused. Let's listen to that again.
5: I think if you're going to use flu as an example, I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's a very uh, poor example. We give it every year and some years it's only effective in 7% of the population. So we vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. There's already studies showing that you'd be better off giving the population a healthy vitamin D level than giving flu vaccines truth year. Bomb. And I personally haven't thought that, that would go along with that.
0: You are my truth bomb, Angus, you can turn me on. Vitamin D3, eh? Vitamin D. Wow. You notice not a single so-called expert has talked about giving vitamin D, vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, maybe vitamin C supplements to our senior citizens this winter, but before the winter, so that they can build up levels of these essential vitamins and minerals in their bodies. Nobody says that. Now, you know there are many reasons for that. The, one, the mainstream media reason is because vitamins or vitamins and minerals are cheap and there is no money in them. Of course, it's far more sinister than that, but we can stay with that. Nobody's talking about it. They are on television morning, noon and night today, yesterday. Over the weekend, they are crying. They are whinging about the pressure that's about to come on the NHS this winter. But nobody is saying, why aren't we dosing our frail, elderly population who we want to keep alive, please? Why aren't we giving them vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, vitamin C and vitamin D? Why aren't we wrapping them up in iron sweatshirts? and duffel coats and taking them out on day trips even if it's cold why are we not doing any of that nobody is talking about any of that it's the Richie Allen radio show there is none like it there's none as bad as it and uh, my name is Richie Allen I'm your BBG this is Wilson Phillips back with your comments it's lovely to be with you this Monday afternoon isn't it Wilson, Phillips and Hold On, 1990. I was in love with all three of them, so I was. Raging teenage hormones. It's 18 minutes to 6 o'clock. The Richie Allen Show is the world's most listened to independent news radio show. Thanks for being there. Rachel Elno will be with me in the second hour. Spiro legend from activistpost.com, sent me a summary of a study of COVID vaccine in pregnant women. I can't believe my fricking eyes. So I've asked him to, and I shouldn't ask him to do this because he's busy enough with his own day job, to give me a one-paragraph summary of it because I don't want to give you fake news. But it's not looking great for pregnant women if they've had the jab. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. We'll get a one-paragraph summary from Spiro, maybe. If not, I'll get into it myself a bit later on. Now, what what am I going to do now? I'm going to read some more of your comments because that's what I said I would do. Go to richieallen.co.uk, top of the page, comment live, click on it, and, well, say what you want. Stephen says, Richie, I think the one-size-fits-all jib-jab-clot-shot programme is actually creating the variance. These experimental gene therapies are weaponizing what is, if it exists, a mild respiratory infection and transforming it into something more deadly through antibody dependent enhancement. Now, Stephen, don't take this personally because I don't know you. And I sympathize with the argument. But what do we know about antibody-dependent enhancement that we haven't been told by people like Sicharit Bhakti and Dolores Cahill? This is the thing, you see. And the reason I'm saying this, Stephen, and the reason I'm saying I'm not having a go at you is because people have been having a go at me and it's made me think. People I know. People who I know who disagree with me. And they're saying, you're throwing around terms, Richie, like antibody-dependent enhancement. How do you know? Have you done the studies? And that stops me in my tracks, you see. That's not to say I don't believe Bhakti, Cahill, and others. I suspect that the very nature of the fact that the mainstream media has tried to destroy these people, that there is something to what they are saying. And I will always make room for people like that on this programme. But maybe we need to be a bit more careful throwing around these terms as if we are the scientific experts ourselves when we're not. I prefer to say, listen, there's an epidemiologist in Germany and he's very, 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 very highly regarded. And he says, or she says, that's how I frame it these days. Because when I say, well, what about a pathogenic priming? my My neighbours and the people I meet, they look at me and go, Well, what the fuck do you know about pathogenic priming? And that's when I've got to say, well, a scientist in Germany. That's the point I'm making. That's all. Is it because it's Monday and I'm a curmudgeonly bollocks? It might very well be. It might very well be. Could it be because I'm deciding to, to, to stop the beer? Yes, it might very well be. William says the truth is always right in front of our faces, yet still some can't see it. It's time they put the shades on. Hashtag they live, he says. Thank you. Hi Fabrizio. Hi Faisal, who says, remember here that a 7% success rate for the flu jab is not actually statistically significant. It isn't statistically significant. And basically, it means it doesn't work. Exactly, Faisal. It never works. Once you get into the spring, most years, you will find stories in the mail, you'll find them in the Telegraph, and those stories say, hey, the season just gone. Uh, the flu jab didn't work. Most years. There are many reasons why I wouldn't have it. I always cite that one. Hi to Mork and Mindy. How can a vaccine into the blood get rid of something allegedly in the air? It's such a joke, this bollocks, says Morgan and Mindy. Charlie says, if two jabs needs a booster, how could one jab help the kiddies? It's an excellent point. Hi to Ewan, who says, are all doctors utter psychos? Listening to these twats today is making me want to throw chairs. Put the chairs down, Ewan. Shari Rose says, Richie, why are they so keen to jab with the COVID jab when it's the new variants they're warning us about? Good question, Shari Rose. Surely the COVID-19 jab is now out of date and no use for the so-called new variants. Very good question. Very good. Very good question indeed. Now, hi to Lucy. Hi to Carol Jones who says, it sounds like a race to the top of the winner, winner, jab, jab, inya? These folks in charge want to be the first to the line, UK top of the jabbing table. Yes, it's interesting that Dr David Lloyd would say, we need to keep jabbing because we are losing to Portugal and to France, as if that means anything at all. Gillian Kennedy is listening in Ireland. How you doing, Gillian? Richie, major brainwashing in my son's secondary school here. A teacher today said to a first-year group, some crazy people think the world is flat and the vaccines don't work. Don't believe what you read on the internet. Go and get jabbed. The yearhead, weekly, is coming in telling them to get jabbed. Sadly, the majority, including all my nieces and nephews, aged 12 and up, they've all been done already. I cannot believe the uptake, to be honest. I am in utter disbelief, says Christine. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, says Gillian. That's Gillian Kennedy there. Thank you, Gillian Kennedy. Hi, to David. Now, let's move on to something a little bit different for the moment. You know that all these sweaty backstards, these unwashed, these green woolly jumper wearers that have been protesting on the M25 and their climate change madness. Does the woefully woke mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, the woefully woke mayor, does he agree... Was the insulate Britain ignorami, does he? Well, Khan was speaking with Kay Burley on Sky News earlier on.
8: No, I, I, look, I, I, I'm somebody who believes passionately about the right to protest. I also believe there is a climate emergency. This is not the way uh, to raise awareness of the issue. This is not the, right, the way to successfully lobby the government to do right. This is not the way, in my view, uh, to protest. Protest should be safe. It should be peaceful. It should be uh, lawful, but also you want to encourage people to your cause. And I just say this respectfully and courteously. I think you're putting people off this really important uh, cause and ask people to reflect on whether they're hindering the cause or helping it.
9: They say we're not listening, though, and that's why they have no alternative but to sit down on the M25. What would you say in response?
0: Jesus,
8: uh,
0: what would he say in response?
8: It's a dangerous thing to do. Uh, It's holding up uh, (laughs) the haulage we need to be delivering uh, supplies to uh, supermarkets and uh, city centres. It's causing real problem to people who've got essential work and need to get to work using the M25. You're risking your own personal safety, but also those in vehicles uh, as well. I believe passionately- He's such
0: a coward, Can, isn't he? He's such a useless wet blanket, isn't he? What a dipstick. He couldn't bring himself to say they're also causing people to, to suffer medical consequences of being in tailbacks that go back for 15, 20 miles, including one woman who had to be airlifted to hospital because of a crash and another woman who had a stroke in a car. He couldn't say that.
8: ...about the right to protest.
0: I- I'm pissed off about the right to protest. Burley then asked him a question about nicks. I think, jab nicks.
8: Look, this is the game changer. One of the reasons we've been able to reopen our city, one of the reasons there are far fewer deaths now than they were during the uh, main part of the uh, uh, virus was because of the uh, vaccine. It is the game changer. It reduces the chances of you catching the virus. If you catch it, the consequences are less severe. And if you want to return to a semblance of a new normality, The new normal, we need to make sure as many of us as possible are protected. Uh, The two jabs are great. Having the booster is really, really, really important. There's a six month lag between the second jab and the booster. The sooner you have both jabs, the sooner you can have the booster as well.
0: You got the new normal bit in there, didn't you?
8: And if you want to return to a semblance of a new normality, the new normal, we need to make sure as many of us as possible are protected. Uh, the two jabs are great.
0: Uh, the, the the threats just roll off the tongue, don't they?
8: And if you want to return to a semblance of a new normality, the new normal, we need to make sure as many of us as possible are protected. Uh, the two jabs are great. No,
0: they're not great, you dickhead. They're not great at all. Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London. Now, at the speed of light, Spiro Scoras, you should check him on YouTube if you haven't before. Check him activistpost.com Check him out. Really, really sound journalist. Ethical journalist. Spiro sent me a link to a New England Journal of Medicine paper which was published on the 8th of September so published about 12 or, or, or so days ago. It was of a study titled, entitled Preliminary Findings of mRNA COVID-19 vaccine safety in pregnant persons. Spiro says, note they said persons. How woke of them, exactly. Pregnant women, they should say. Now, this is from the paper. The correction states, it was a correction, right? They issued a correction of a study they had previously published. The correction states, in the results section of the abstract, page 2273, The third sentence should have read, Among 3,958 participants enrolled in the V-safe Pregnancy Registry, 827 had a completed pregnancy, of which 115 were pregnancy losses, and 712 were live births. Among the 3,958 participants enrolled in the vSafe pregnancy registry, 827 went to full term, of which 115, 13.9% were pregnancy losses, and 712, 86.1% were live births. In other words, Spiro summarises accurately the shot may not be as safe for pregnant women as previously stated because it appears, according to the New England Journal of Medicine, roughly one in eight suffered pregnancy losses. Thank you, Spiro Skourasch, on the ball again. Thank God for him, on the ball. I wouldn't have seen that. New England Journal of Medicine issued a correction to a previously published study saying, in effect, of the volunteers who took part. One in eight of them lost their babies, having received a COVID jab. It's exactly six minutes to the top of the hour. You won't be hearing that on Sky, CNN, Fox News. Uh, And presumably the New England Journal of Medicine sent that study out in a press release to the media of the United States. Did anybody in the United States Bureau, apart from yourself, did any legacy media outlet published that information make sure that their viewers that their readers that their listeners understood the enormity of, of 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 such of such a study that if you are pregnant and you have one of these jabs you've got a one in eight chance of losing your baby and they say it doesn't affect fertility it doesn't affect pregnancy this is the new england journal of medicine it's not as that arsehole James O'Brien would say, it isn't your Auntie Doris on Facebook. It's a reputable, peer reviewed organisation and study saying if you are pregnant and you have this jab might not turn out very good for you at all. Moving on to something else, a member of the Liberal Democrats has been told that she cannot stand for the party for 10 years because she believes that woman is an adult female, the bitch. She's a transphobe, of course, a bigot. Ed Davey, the leader of the Liberal Democrats, was on the Andrew Marr BBC One television show yesterday morning and Marr wanted to get into it with him.
10: What is wrong with this phrase? Woman, adult, human,
11: female. Well, Liberal Democrats believe that um, trans rights are really important because trans people are some of the most discriminated against in our society today. Huge health problems, high suicide rate, and I think everybody ought to worry about that. The real issue, I think, is the toxification of the debate. There was a time. What's wrong with that phrase? um, Woman, adult, human, female. uh, I've made it clear what our position on trans rights, no-one can criticise me for that. What I'm concerned about is on this issue, we have been working cross-party in the past. I've worked with Conservative MPs who agree with me, Labour MPs who agree with me. What's changed is Boris Johnson coming to number 10. Boris Johnson has toxified this debate. Um, he set up a culture war unit we, we've, we've in jumped, number
10: 10. we from a phrase to Boris Johnson. I do want to come back to this phrase. What is wrong with the phrase? Can you explain to people watching what is wrong with the phrase woman,
11: adult, human, female? What's wrong with that? Well, I mean, you, the phrase actually doesn't really en- encapsulate the debate, to be honest. That's what's the, the problem with it. The, 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 the issue that we have been really clear is that a trans woman is a woman, a trans man is, is a man. And that is the issue that we're f- fighting on. We believe trans rights are human rights. But I do take you back to Boris Johnson, what? because there was a time... That, let's face it. I mean, let's be honest, Andrew. What? These are difficult issues for many people there needs I, to be I, an i'm open... trying to
10: keep off boris johnson at the moment and on to ed Davey and the liberal democrats because the reason i keep using that phrase as i'm sure you know is that one of your members natalie Byrd, has been banned from standing as a liberal democrat in any circumstances for 10 years because she
11: wore a t-shirt which had that slogan on it well, we have uh, complaints issues which I'm not part of. The totally independent, so I can't come on an individual case. What I can say... Well, what, 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 that, what I, is, that is true, what well, I've just told you. Well, well, that well, is true. And, you know, the Liberal Democrats used
10: to be a tolerant, open party, keen for debate and keen, above all, for free speech. Now, you disagree with Natalie Bird, she disagrees with you, but with that single phrase, she has been cast out of your party. Well, we've, That's uh, not liberal, is it?
11: That's not liberal, is it? Ed? We also believe that we need to protect human rights and we need to believe in equality. And the reason I do keep coming back to Boris Johnson, I'm going to make no apologies for that.
0: It's crazy, isn't it? It's that by, by by a woman, that's a real woman now, with all woman parts, you know? A real woman saying that woman basically equals adult female. And even if you want to add on to that and say ovaries and a womb... That by doing that or saying that, you are somehow violating the human rights of somebody who was born a man, but believes that he's a woman. Yeah,
11: Because Liberal Democrats have been working with other parties, people in Conservative Party and Labour Party who share our (laughs) view. And when Boris Johnson came, that cross-party working ended. And I think that's really a shame because he's trying to divide people. We should be bringing people together. (laughs)
0: Oh, we, you. we want to protect human rights. Women, don't go around talking about being a woman now. Women, don't go talking about what it constitutes, what it means to be a woman. Lest you offend some bloke who thinks he's a woman. Yes. Keep on, keep on him, Andrew. Keep
10: on him. I, I'm particularly interested in your views in, in this interview for obvious reasons. Do you think that everywhere in society, and I'm thinking of toilets, prisons, refuges, hospital wards, should be open to everybody regardless
0: What do you think he's going to answer to this? What do you think?
10: Prisons, refuges, hospital wards should be open to everybody regardless of
11: sex.
0: Well?
11: If you're a trans man, you should be able to op- op- oper- uh, operate as a man. So operate. So the answer is yes
0: to my yeah,
10: question.
11: Uh, yes, I mean we've made it very clear and what we're concerned about is there does need to be a debate in the wider society and that de-
0: Ah I think we'll leave Ed Davy alone with his madness there the and debate is not being- let's, let's leave Ed Davy alone No, let's not do any more of that If you happen to be new to the programme don't email me later on and call me a bigot I'll repeat very, very, very briefly where I am on all of this. Where I have been my entire life. Where my partner is on this. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I, quite easily, might have had gender dysphoria. I might have had identity issues. If somebody wants to live as a member of the opposite sex, the opposite sex to that which they were born, They should be allowed to. They should be allowed to do that with dignity, left alone. And by left alone, I mean not harassed, not insulted, not abused, not laughed at. And certainly not discriminated against. Never. And I think that's how most of us have looked at that issue for most of our lives. Jesus, Jimmy there, the transvestite, or Alan there, who believes he's a woman. God love him. Let him get on with it. And if he, if he needed somebody standing up for him, you were there for him. That's how it always was. This lunacy of changing language and sitting children down and talking to, to, to them about this and, and getting into areas of gender identity and 100 genders and all of this bollocks, this is dangerous. This is no basis in reality. That's where I am on it before you start emailing me. Dignity. I give dignity and respect to everybody. I don't care what they believe. But I won't be told that I must testify to some man who believes he's a woman. I won't be told that I must make some public proclamation that I believe that to be true. Because I don't believe it to be true. That's where this is. It's uh, coming up for two minutes past six. It's the Richie Allen Show, by the way. You are listening to your Richie Allen Show, live from BBG Towers, of course, here in the great city of Salford. Back with you in a moment. Are you a company based in the northwest of England who
11: want to improve their profile via social media? Yes. Well, you could go out in the car park and film something on your phone, but it's not very good, is it? No. it sounds terrible, yes. the picture's not that great. Yes. Try Ensign Films. We're a new video production company based in the heart of Manchester. We're really old. We've had loads of experience, and we can work within your budget. Don't go out in the car park with Debbie from Accounts. Seriously. ensignfilms.co.uk.
1: The Richie Allen Show is the world's most listened-to independent news radio show. All episodes are archived at richieallen.podomatic.com The Richie Allen Show relies on your support to stay on air. Visit richieallen.co.uk and make a financial contribution now.
0: Welcome back to the programme. Fabrizio says social credit digital economy will enslave them too. Them, by them he means trans people. But again, most trans people are as bewildered by the recent turn of events as... You and me, Fabrizio, and that's not me virtue signalling. I know this to be true. I've had trans people on this programme saying, I don't know what's going on here. I think it's crazy. There you go. Hi to Pip who asks, can I link the updated NEJM study? Pip, I might do when I'm finished the radio programme. How about them apples? I can't do it now because I've been banned by Twitter. So I can't tweet it. And I'm banned on Facebook, although Raj has put a new Facebook page on there. I'll put a link to it on the website later on. All righty, Or get off your arse and look for it yourself. Although he is looking for it, Pip. God love him. Hi to Peter who says, why all this talk about human rights for trans people? What about human rights for the unjabbed? What about children's health? I agree. Hi to Martin. How you doing, Martin? I did David. Wes Baker says, Would the Lib Dems accept my new identity of transvaxed? Yes, I've heard that one before. Angela says, I'm sorry it is such bollocks. I am a woman. The Labour Party has decided that you can't say that only women have a cervix now. Is that right, Angela? Is that transphobic to say that only women have a cervix? <laughs> yes. Craig says, Woman, adult, human, female. Man, adult, human, male. Trans, adult, human, undecided. What's the problem, he says. Peter says, Richie, a friend of mine, a doctor, spent some weeks back in May in a maternity hospital in Lisbon and witnessed some miscarriages by doctors who had been jabbed. Not one, not two, says Peter. Thank you, Peter. Hi to Jake who uh, sent me a link. Thank you, Jake. I will check that out. It's a link to something by Joseph Mercola, I believe. Music from Sheena Easton then. (laughs) And when I return from this, I'll be joined by Rachel Elnor. Don't miss her. Monday's programme. Sheena Easton and My Baby Takes the Morning Train, or Morning Train, I think. It's Monday. It's uh, coming up for eight minutes after six. It's a Your Richie Allen show, live from BBG Towers here in Salford. Uh, Hundreds and hundreds of comments on the website about everything I've been talking about today and a lot of genuine excitement about my guest today who's returning to the programme. It's been quite a while since uh, she was on. I don't need to tell you too much about her because she's incredibly well known as a very successful businesswoman, entrepreneur and of course one of the founding uh, members of the Dragon's Den, very, very successful and very entertaining BBC television programme. I think she's live from the peak district today. It's a real pleasure to welcome back to the program Rachel Elnor. Rachel, welcome back. Are you in the peak district today?
9: Hi, Richie. Yes, I'm in Bakewell ah. in the heart of the peak district. And it's, yeah, it's a pleasure to be back on in this really intense time uh, that we're currently in.
0: You're getting it, aren't you? Last week, somebody dropped me a message and said, Richie, Rachel from from the dragons and from red letter days is getting it in the neck because of a quip that you made on, on Twitter. And look, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here now, Rachel. I, I, I preach sometimes I shouldn't do it to my listeners. I preach nonviolence to them, you know, and I say, look, don't be violent. Don't be making threats to people. But at the same time, you could hardly take the comment you made about the UK or or England's chief medical officer, Chris Whitty. That's hardly something to be taken literally. I I don't believe you meant it literally. I believe you meant it because you were angry, as I am, that this guy would say it's okay to give a jab to children, that the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation said shouldn't happen. That's what happened last week, wasn't it? And the media went to town on you.
9: Yeah, so, Richie, yes. I mean, obviously um it was a reference to nuremberg yeah. and just to explain to listeners what actually happened there was a good morning britain poll which basically said along the lines of do you agree that the jab should be given to 12 to 15 year olds and about 80% of people said no it shouldn't uh, and only 20% said yes and amongst and there was a huge um response in terms of tweets in response to that poll from Good Morning Britain. The majority of them were absolutely against it. And I joined in with those tweets and I just said, child abuse, Chris Whitty will hang for this, hashtag cease and desist. Now, I, I, on reflection, I should have added a hashtag 21st century Nuremberg trials. To clarify that comment, I'm not. I wasn't inciting anyone to go out and hang Chris Whitty in the street, I was basically alluding to the fact that this is a breach of the Nuremberg Code. Already, it's a breach of the Nuremberg Code. So then to take that to the 12 to 15-year-olds, how can a 12-year-old or to 15-year-old possibly give informed consent under the Nuremberg Code? And uh, so so basically, that was my response. But of course, that tweet was picked up upon By Twitter. I've been banned from, well, essentially suspended from Twitter. And I've appealed that, which has not been, I don't think, the last time I looked, I haven't been restored. No. And of course, it was picked up by, upon by the Daily Mail and by The Sun. Now, the interesting thing about the Daily Mail comments, so I'm on a bit of a roll here, Richie, so let me just complete the story. Take
0: all the time you want. Um, We have all the time in the world. Go ahead.
9: Yeah, so obviously Daily Mail then laid into me basically saying that it was a vile tweet and really, really just trashing me, vilifying me, basically. Um, They said that they'd asked me for a comment, which I provided, which provided the context. And I I asked them three times to update the article for my comment, which was giving the context of the Nuremberg Code, which I just mentioned. Uh, They haven't done that. And if you look at the comments, there were two and a half thousand comments on that article and the overwhelming majority of them were in support of what I said. And it was kind of 80 percent to 20 percent. That's the kind of split that we're seeing. 80 percent are now against, vociferously against what's going on and only 20 percent are in support of it. And they eventually closed down the comments. They wouldn't allow any more comments on the article. So the, the bias now is just it's overwhelming the the absolute bias of the media and i said to the journalist i emailed him several times and i just said look at the comments there is a tsunami of um, support for my view why aren't you reporting the pulse of the british people why are you still pushing the official line and yet they don't respond so I think this is getting to the point, and, and it wasn't anger, it was it is outrage, which outrage, I think is yeah. slightly different.
0: It is, isn't so, it? It's a different emotion. So many people emotion. are now
9: absolutely outraged at what is going on. I noticed just before I, we came on air, they have just uh, announced on the BBC that the Pfizer COVID jab is now declared safe for children aged 5 to 11. That's just been declared in, in America. I mean, where is this going to end? Where is this going to end? It, it It's a programme that is being bulldozed through now relentlessly. And I'm not surprised that people are angry.
0: No, and I, I, I accept every word of what you said. You know, you, you said yourself, you might have put the hashtag Nuremberg 2021, but I accept every word of it. My, I'm also unsurprised that the mail closed down the comment segment or the comments underneath it and and then that they declined to continue the conversation with you, which they should do. You know, ethical journalism dictates that they would continue speaking with you, that they wouldn't turn their uh, their backs on you. Look, look Jackie Devoy, who's a terrific writer, and for many years has supplied the Mail, the Telegraph, the Times, every paper you can think of, Rachel. Jackie's been on with me saying that editors now are, well, they're just turning away stories. Any stories to talk about Vaccine injuries, any stories to talk about midazolam, which is another big scandal that's brewing in the country. Yes, they absolutely. just don't want to know, you know. So it, it's 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 wholly unsurprising that that you were treated like that. I mean, as a business, you're former businesswoman of the year. You, you you've been and are an employer. Do you ever imagine that you might be in a situation as an employer or any employer in this country would be told by the government that you can't continue to employ people? Unless they've had a jab, something we're seeing in the in the care sector, that must be mind boggling for you, Rachel.
9: Well, again, it is absolutely outrageous, and this is what is happening now: is that this this is all the way through this every aspect of this. Because you know, my background is essentially business, and I understand capitalism and the one percent corporate elite that are behind. This great reset program, the World Economic Forum and its strategic partners, that have basically uh, bankrolled all of the main political leaders into power over the past years. So we are not dealing with governments and politicians, we are dealing with um, psychopathic corporate elites who have are using in every stage of this, it is all about money and you and using and abusing their power over money. So all of these countries, uh, my, my friend is based in Peru. It's an outrage what's happening in Peru. Uh, you know, every single person is having to have the jab. And it's, um, it's so obvious that they have been given a huge amount of money by the cabal to Um, And they've just been given a a strategy rule book of what they have to implement to get that money in return for that huge bung. And in the same way, they are using the power, abusing the power as employers to force through the jabs. Uh, Otherwise, you know, if you no jab, no job, no jab, no money, no. And it's going to be no jab, no food. You know, they are absolutely going to base level, base survival um, needs. And that is how the, this is tyranny. It's absolute Rit-large. fascist tyranny.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I, I can't think of any other way to describe it. And I've given up, you know, arguing and playing devil's advocate because well, what's the point? It's happening. I'm, I'm being contacted day in, day out by carers. and And, and I know by reading the emails, by by the tone of the emails that many of these people are really, really good people. They love the job. They love caring for people, despite the fact they're paid very badly and that the conditions are not great. They do it anyway. And they're saying, Richie, I've, I've, I've got to leave. I've got to go. I, I can't have this job in good conscience. I- I'm going to leave. And, and what you're talking about there, Rachel, that great reset, you know, this base subsistence level kind of living, things are being destroyed to to pave the way for that reality. And they're going to destroy whatever's left of the health service this coming winter, aren't they? Because with all of these carers leaving because they because they have the right not to be jabbed, it's going to mean that senior citizens cannot be released from hospital in the winter to go back home or to go to a care home because there won't be any carers. When they get over their respiratory illness, they can't leave hospital. That's going to cause absolute devastation. And we're going to be in lockdowns again, which is going to cause even more misery for businessmen and women whose businesses have struggled to stay afloat in the last 18 months. This is becoming so predictable. Do you find that as you're watching it, it's becoming so easy to see the next step and the next step?
9: Unfortunately, yes. And... The, the thing that is becoming, well, it, it was apparent from the beginning, but it's becoming so much more obvious with every stage of this. And we are, we are dealing, I hate to say it, but we are dealing with evil. This is satanic, what is going on. And um, I know that sounds like a very strong thing to say, but I think we have to understand that we are, we're not dealing with normal people here or rational people. We're, we're literally dealing with power-hungry psychopaths who have a plan and they are ruthlessly bulldozing it through. Now, my the, the thing that gives me hope in all of this, and I've been following what they're doing in Australia, the Australia Project, and one of the things that they say is what we have to do now, we can't cut the head off the snake because those psychopaths are going to go They've already triggered this and they're going to bulldoze it through to the end. We have to cut the tail off the snake. And that is all of the people whose compliance they are depending on, all of the uh, headmasters and headmistresses who are saying, yes, it's okay to use my school. All of those people that have been issued with cease and desist orders who are now starting to go, oh, I might be personally liable all of those doctors and nurses who are administering the jabs who are being put on notice you will be tried under Nuremberg and just doing my job just following orders was not an excuse so we have to pattern interrupt at that at that lower level of the pyramid and for, for those that's what that I believe is the thing that is going to pattern interrupt this because it won't happen at the top. It has to happen from the masses at the bottom, like all the carers, like in New York, where all of the maternity nurses walked out and they had to close the entire maternity ward down in the hospital. Um, that is the kind of people power we now need. We just saw it in Australia with all of the construction workers who, I mean, I that looked quite violent, but I don't... I don't <laughs> You know, I can totally understand their anger um, at being told you can't turn up for your job unless you've been jabbed. And and people en masse are saying no, enough. And that's what's got to happen now. Mass non-compliance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And,
9: yeah, at, at every level.
0: There's no great, I mean, there's no, I don't know, greater threat. There isn't anything worse you can do to a man or a woman than deprive them of their right to make a living, to support their family. And while, you again, you're right to, to say that we don't support violence, we have to be honest and say we understand it, what happened in Australia with construction workers. You threaten a man's livelihood and the roof over his head because that's what you're doing. It might sound very passive-aggressive, but you're saying, you know, you don't get jabbed. You've got Bill de Blasio in New York City. Using language like, you don't get to participate in society, unless you take our medicine. That's an act of violence, um, Rachel. It, Absolutely. Isn't it?
9: But we have to understand that all of these people have received massive amounts of money from the corporates. They are all ambassadors for the programme. They have been paid off. Chris witty undoubtedly has received huge amounts of money from Big Pharma. Th- these people are, have all been paid to drive home this message.
0: Indirectly, I think we mean, don't we? Because witty has been at universities and at institutions that have taken big money from from the Bill Gates companies, Gavi and Sepi. So maybe not we're not talking necessarily about backhanders and brown envelopes to Whitty because well we can't prove that even if we even if we think it. But but he's his institutions, the places places he's worked, they've definitely benefited from substantial money from these organisations, no doubt. Uh,
9: absolutely. And all of the media and communications and BBC, yeah. all of these players, it's all about money. And, you know, this this, <laughs> this is what, it does go back to, you know, what I said about evil and, uh, you know, satanic practice, because that is their God, you know, m- money is their God. And so it, it, They have set up a world, or we have actually collectively created a world where money is God. Um, You know, that's the true meaning, in God we trust, on the dollar note. There, There are a lot of references in the Bible to Satan being the God of the material realm. Uh, So this this is dark, but it's very important because to me, there's two levels to this. There's the 3D level of the practical things that we need to do, issuing cease and desist letters, um, keeping pressure on MPs, keeping going to stand in the parks, keeping going on, on, on freedom rallies all of those 3D things to pattern interrupt the program. But also there's a massive 5D piece, a massive spiritual piece about shining the light, that strong, no, shining the light of conscious awareness and spiritual awareness and that Christ light into all of these dark corners of the labyrinth now because this is evil. So we, it it is... um,
0: It must be evil, Rachel, because those those behind it they understand what it is doing to people just before we move on if i if i may are you wearing a bracelet or a necklace or something because it's 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 making a bit of noise as you're as you're moving around uh. here.
9: Yeah, I've got a scarf. I'm going to move that
0: away. Thanks, Rachel. Sorry, now, it's not bothering me at all. But there's always one, isn't there? There's always one listener who'll uh, who'll <laughs> have a whinge about it. But thanks okay. for that. Can can I stay with? We don't have to. You're you're under no obligation to to talk about this. But can I stay with the spiritual for a moment? Um, obviously, it's well. I shouldn't say obviously. It sounds to me like your faith is important to you. Certainly now.
2: Well.
9: I have, it's not, I'm very into faith. I just want want to say that I'm not particularly attached to any one belief system. I totally, um, I'm open to all forms of faith and I'm not particularly religious, but it's very interesting um, because I have a, I have a friend who's uh, very into the Bible and Christianity, which I haven't, I'm not really that into, but I, I told him what happened last week about um, the whole media thing, and he immediately went to his Bible and he said, this is covered, it's in Ephesians 6.24, the armour of God. And then it goes on. But when he read that out, I thought, oh, my God, that is so encapsulates what we need to do now.
0: It's a bit uncanny, actually. And what, what do we think the metaphor put on the armour of God is? Does it mean, like you said, regardless of whether your God is Jehovah or whether your prophet is Muhammad or whether your prophet is Jesus Christ, does it mean putting on the armour of God except surrender yourself to something greater than yourself and accept that? And acknowledge that is that what it means? do you think well a lot of
9: people have been saying this is a war between light and dark now i I actually don't like those analogies between battle because the 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 way to uh the way to triumph over darkness is simply to shine the light, so the armor of God is basically it it's basically saying the use all of the tools that God has given you. Uh, like speaking truth, like standing strong, like, tr- like uh, transcending fear and moving into faith. So it's not a literal, yeah. it's not a literal kind of piece of metal, um, you know, but we, we are being called to step into our power now with that really strong no and to not buckle into fear to not be tempted into fight or any form of violence, but just to really stand strong in the face of this, in the face of this Witiko, this evil energy, which is, it's a dark force pervading the planet and and it's coming out of the darkness into the light. It's been there all along in the shadows. We're now, we're now seeing it. Here's something, here's something
0: you might not know. I learned this today. You might know, I don't know. Before I let you in on it. It's 28 and a half minutes past six. Rachel Elno is our guest. Rachel is in the Peak District. Very successful businesswoman, author of course, and one of the original dragons from the BBC's Dragons Den. And Rachel has been getting it a little bit in the neck, although it doesn't sound like um, she's too bothered either, to be honest, by the tabloid media, particularly because of comments she made last week about the rollout of jabs for 12 to 15 year olds. Very good friend of mine who's a journalist in the United States, Spiro Skouras, he sent me a bit of information earlier on and he's verified it and I verified it as well. On the 8th of September, just gone, the New England Journal of Medicine published a correction, Rachel, to a previous study. The study was called Preliminary Findings of MRNA COVID 19 Vaccine Safety in Pregnant persons, can you believe they said pregnant persons and not mm-hmm. pregnant women so this is, this is absolutely, this is bombshell stuff. So the correction states in the results section of the abstract blah blah blah, the third sentence should have read, among the 3,958 participants enrolled in the V-safe pregnancy registry 827 had a completed pregnancy of which 115 were pregnancy losses and 712, 712, were live births. In other words, the shot may not be as safe for pregnant women as previously stated. This is the New England Journal of Medicine. 13.9% of the pregnant women who took part lost their child. Wow. That's bombshell stuff. Really. Well,
9: it's shocking. I, I mean, I, I was looking at the FDA. The FDA has just uh, voted in America, like uh, something like two to 28, or I'd I forget the number, but the, massively voted against the booster jabs. And I just really feel that there are so many doctors, so many experts, they can't ignore this data any any longer. And you've even got the FDA voting against booster jabs, looking to what's going on in Israel. I mean, the countries which are almost 100% vaccinated, their death rates are soaring and their COVID rates are soaring. Whereas countries which have not been vaccinated, like Uttar Pradesh, they mentioned, very little vaccination and COVID literally pretty much minimally doesn't exist there anymore. So this can't be ignored. They can't keep sweeping this under the carpet. It's only a matter of time before we reach this tipping point where everyone just says, enough. This is insanity.
0: Could this winter, do you think, be that tipping point? If people become seriously unwell in large numbers. Now, please God, they don't. And and I, I mean that. I know you mean that. But if they did, might that be something that they 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 might find it very difficult to explain it away on new variants
9: absolutely and my my intuition obviously we don't know the detail but my intuition tells me that we've got 6 months 6 more months to really hold hold the line hold strong keep the faith and that's why I say to people, you know, stock up your food. We're already noticing the supermarket shelves are getting empty, that petrol stations are empty. We have to start looking after our base needs, making sure that we've got enough resources, enough local people, and, and so that we've got our base needs covered. Because we, we're in for a tricky six months, that's my sense. But my feeling is that by next spring, we this will have collapsed, and this, it's not just the whole COVID charade. The entire system, the entire system has got to come down now because people are seeing that it's rotten. Every aspect of this system, the whole system of uh, politics and government is rotten. The whole system of our, the way we do health, the way we do education, every aspect of it is now coming up to to be looked at, and you know, we're in for massive change, but we have to hold strong now. And, it, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, there's not enough of us, there's not enough of us. But it, to me, it only takes a critical mass. You find this in marketing. It only takes uh, like three um, 3.5% of innovators and 11.5% of early adopters. So about 15%. That's all it takes to reach a tipping point where everyone gets it. It's like a quantum it's like a you know hundred monkey syndrome. It, it doesn't take everyone to get it to create a quantum shift in awareness and, and evolution. So we just have to hold strong. It's not going to last forever this discomfort. We have to it, we, it, we need to be like that brick wall that is impenetrable, that they've, they've pushed this so far and they've hit a brick wall where people are saying no. No, no. And nothing they can do. No amount of bullying, no amount of trying to say that we can't do this, we can't do that. We have to stand strong now and be that that brick wall that just says no, enough now.
0: So when this is really interesting now. So when you have the business secretary assuring the Commons today, don't panic, we won't have supply emergencies in terms of natural gas. Don't worry, the lights won't go out this winter. And at the same time, we're hearing warnings about a problem with CO2 production, which might impact on meat supply in in, in the country. Threats to food supply and threats to energy supply, you see that as something that might be very serious, that these things might very well become scarce. You, you know that there, there might be some deliberate agenda there to make to make it go dark or colder in the winter, to make um, energy prices go through the roof, and even to make um, food supply much shorter than it should be.
9: Well, Biden's spoken of a dark winter, and I I am absolutely advising every single person in in my communities, in in, in you know my spheres of influence you know stock up on food get your energy supply sorted out um you, you know you, we need to be prepared we need to be prepared for whatever they throw at us because this you know this this system which is controlled by the corporates let's not forget it's it, the 1% elite they've they've got massive control over everything supply chains And every aspect of our modern world, communications. So we need to be prepared for potential communications outages, uh, pulling the power supplies, pulling food supplies. So we need to be prepared for that, which is why I say to people, you know, find your local community, find the people who live within walking distance of you. Um, We have a local stand in the park here. I've got a core group within that who are all within walking distance if anything happens if the communications go out we know 10 a.m every morning we will meet at our spot we've all got supplies of all the essentials that we need and obviously we and we've got local suppliers like organic farmers so we're covering our basis for every eventuality and i i really feel that's important because When those bases are covered, we can stay strong and we don't need to fall into fear. And I know this sounds like quite maybe I I hope people don't think I'm trying to create fear. I think it's just about being pragmatic because we need strength now. And when you've got that, those base needs covered and, you know, you've got people on your at your back covering your back, you know, you're you're you've got supplies. You're, you know that you, you're strong and you're, you're not going to fall into fear, you know, that, that fear response. It's really, really important for our nervous system to, to know that we're safe.
0: Listen, you don't sound like you're fear at all. If you were, I'd pull you up on it. I don't think so. I agree. It's, it's, it's a pragmatic way to think. Look, we can see the things they're doing because they're doing them openly now. They're putting these things in place in broad daylight. They are. There's no doubt about that. Rachel Elnaw is our guest. It is it is weird and funny. and But, you know, uplifting in, in another way. For me to be having this conversation with you, I was always a big fan of the of the show, so I know you're from the show. Your successful business, your book, and you, you, the things that you've done in your life, you've been very successful. And you can add and I don't say this in jest. Now you can add survivalists now to the list, can't you? Because, <laughs> because that's ultimately what you're talking about. It's 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 like taking the steps so that you don't get kind of caught short in that in that interim period on the communication. If you were right, Rachel, when you say that they will get to a stage where they'll push us too far, and there will be that brick wall. I wonder at that stage. And again, I don't do fear porn either. I don't want to scare my listeners. If I was them at that stage, I would pull the internet. That's what I would do.
9: Well, they've already had a practice run at that in July. And you remember before the whole COVID thing unfolded, they did Event 201 in New York like just a few months before, just as that practice run. Well, they did the same thing around what if there's a complete outage of the internet? They did that in July, organised by World Economic Forum. So they're practising for these things, which means they are potentially getting ready to to do that. And who knows what, who knows what is going to come out of the gates at us. I mean, it may even be like, you know, alien invasions. Yeah, I've heard you, this. Yeah. Who, you not? know, people are talking about all sorts of things. I don't trust anything that politicians say anymore. The official line. We, we need to create an alternative future reality. And, the people who are going to co-create that are that 15% who understand what's going on, who haven't bought into the program. We have to create an alternative future reality to the one that they're attempting to bulldoze through. And it's already happening. It's already happening. I mean, I'm, I see it all over the place with networks of people joining together, finding your local communities, finding resources that are outside of the system. So, you know, it's already being created. And I think that it's only a matter of time because every day more and more people are waking up, even people who've been (laughs) DJed are are waking up and saying, no, I'm not having any more boosters. I regret having it. I feel I was conned, you know, I, I realized now I shouldn't have done it. So, and once you've woken up, there's no going back. Once you see that the emperor's got no clothes on you, you know, (laughs) you, you, you. <laughs> There's no going back to to the hypnosis, the mass hypnosis, that uh, it is a spell. They have cast a spell on humanity, but uh, we're waking up now. And it's, that's why it's so important to pattern interrupt it, because that's how you wake people up. I mean, I, I did three years training in trauma and, and understanding trauma. So I know I can see how they have used fear and the trauma response to trigger people into fight flight. And that's why it's so important for us to hold our center and not be pulled into fight flight so that we can stand strong in that eye of the storm because that is where the power is
0: you make you make a good point about the fear it was reported today and it was reported last April that the number of children going to accident and emergency with mental health problems has risen by more than half since the beginning of the the scam, because that's what it is. It's horrendous, really. Uh, because when you think about that, this is not a mum phoning the NHS to ask, would there be any chance that my son or daughter can speak to a therapist? No, this is crisis stuff, where you've got to run in the middle of the night to to an accident, and emergency. 27,000 children are being prescribed antidepressants each month because of the because of the effect of locking them down. And of course, Rachel, you touched on it, telling them that they're a threat to their grandmother and granddad, that they're well, a biological weapon. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's dreadful, isn't it? It's and of
9: course, the, what is the solution of the NHS and, uh, and the system? The solution, oh, give them more big pharma stuff, give them antidepressants. Yeah. No, we need to, at the most fundala- fundamental level, unplug from this old system the national sickness service and replace it with a natural healing service there are so many great therapists so many uh, holistic teachers and people out there you know go into nature that nature is your best antidepressant i promise you one of Absolutely. the best things that outdoors. i did in my life was to acquire a dog and every morning i walk my dog i go by the river in nature and that is what it it brings me back to zero point. And that's one of the things, that's why they want to lock us down. Oh, you can't go out of your house because they want to keep us in that place of, uh, you know, in that place of being controlled, being depressed, being low vibration. So I would say to everyone, keep your energy high, look after yourself, stay, you know, look after your nutrition, lots of vitamin C, lots of uh, all of your vitamins, zinc, keep healthy keep your immune system high go out into nature keep healthy drink lots of water so that you are robust you're robust in your physical body and in your mental body and that's why it's really important to join local community groups because just being around super positive supportive people is such it's it's just food for the soul
0: okay. it really is it's it's wonderful what you said there and and reduce your alcohol intake if you can. I say this because I begin a, a, a fasting, an alcohol fasting process today. I'm good, me. I can be a, a heavy drinker, um, but but an after work drinker. I'm a typical journalist, really. I have a few drinks after work, but it it does me no good. And from today, I'm not going to do it, and I won't because I'm pretty disciplined like that. But it really does make such a difference. And of course you can't, it's only two days into it that you realise just how better off you are without it. Or without lots of it, I should say. So I, I love what you said about getting outdoors, meeting people, having the dog, Rachel. Isn't it funny? Last week, I don't know where I was. I must have been out and about, I must have been running, because I run every day. And I'm listening to BBC Radio 5 Live. And Nicky Campbell interviews some bloke who comes on to say that, well, we've got to think about dogs now and not having them because they're not good for climate change. All of these little... It's it's like little chisels chipping away at what it is to be human, isn't it? Chipping away at the goodness and the good things. Oh no, dogs are not good. We, We need to think about not having dogs in the future, because dogs feed this big industry that uses lots and lots of land to make all of this very expensive food. And needless to say, the presenter, who apparently is a dog lover, never took him on, you know, said nothing. But you're right. I've we've we've got a dog. I've always had dogs in my life, and uh, I couldn't live without them. Absolutely wonderful.
9: <laughs> well, I th- I think we have to be really clear and understand that, um, that, and, or I shouldn't say understand. Be aware that the World Economic Forum, which is driven by the one percent capitalist, capitalist elite, they are hooking this entire Great Reset program into oh, the the planet's got a real problem, climate change is a problem, overpopulation is a problem, it's serious, we have to act and we have to act now. That's what Klaus Schwab said in the Great Reset, but he didn't say what the action was. He just said we we have to act and we have to act now. They are using climate change as as the decoy duck, as the excuse to make this feel like they are the benevolent, patriarchs who have got to do this to save humanity. That's how they've sold it in. But the truth is, the problem on this planet is not overpopulation. The problem is that 1% own 90% of the resources. They own huge swathes of land. So if, if all of the resources were distributed fairly and equally, if everyone had fresh water, if the land was made available to people, to live on and to farm there would not be a problem and if we return to that natural way of living that holistic way of living rather than the toxic way of living that the corporates have driven home you know just look at how much pollution big corporates um, have have done in the world to create their huge profits
0: That's right. The so, so the
9: so this is the this is the biggest con of them all that it's climate change and they're benevolent to save the planet and to save humanity. This is tough medicine. No, they are simply trying to ring fence their wealth. And where this will ultimately lead is, and we've seen it in lots of movies and we've, you know, you can see it coming a mile off that that 1% elite and all of those ambassadors who've got the big bungs, who've got the golden ticket, they will live in enclaves which are protected from the masses with huge security they'll be able to fly anywhere or they already are on their private jets they won't have to have any of the restrictions the vaccine passports they will be completely free to do what they want and the masses will be command controlled through digital passports that's the way this is heading we have to be really aware that that is what is going to be bulldozed through and yeah, you know, I, I mean, the mind boggles about the potential of of the digital future yeah. of VAX passports, of policing by drones, of AI facial recognition,
0: transhumanism. Keep yeah.
9: l- like in um, transhumanism. Yeah. Oh, it's only it's only a VAX passport. Oh, it's only a chip in your hand. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be much easier to pay. Oh, let's switch to digital currency. We have to be very aware of this. This is a mass plan which is being bulldozed through. Like in China, where if you're not a good citizen, you're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to get on. You're not allowed to go to work. You have to comply to get your food, to get your basics. It's a very dangerous situation and we have to stop this juggernaut in its tracks as soon as we possibly can. And most of the people, through their compliance, through believing that the governments are trying to keep them safe, they are sleepwalking in a dystopian nightmare future
0: 100% Rachel you know so, when you, can i can i just when you talked a moment ago about fresh water for people people having access to the land i know that some of my listeners will be like oh here we go now. socialism which is nonsense listening to what you were saying reminded me of my my greatest hero i'm an english and history graduate and my my greatest hero i i never stop reading about him listening to talks about him, was the former president of Chile, Salvador Allende, who came to power in 1970 as a socialist. This is real socialism, not the bullshit socialism or social democracy or Marxism that we have today, real socialism. Allende came in as president and he nationalised the Chilean copper industry, took it back from the United States. He took the land in the country, the massive, massive swathes of land that were being held by foreign investors who were prospecting on the land. He took it back and he gave it to the people. He said to the wealthy people in Chile, he said, I'm not going to tax the bejesus out of you, not at all. You're going to pay your staff well you pay your staff well you'll pay hardly any tax at all they'll spend money in the economy and everybody will do really well and chile thrived yes uh, until of yeah. course until of course the country was starved to death by sanctions from the americans and from the british and from the french what you were talking about it's possible that that world that that he was was building that that, that sanchez was building in in uh, in uh, in venezuela Um, Chavez, excuse me. Um, It it could be done, Rachel. It kills me. It could be done. But when you talk like that, you know, those whose politics are on the right, they don't understand it. They think, oh, all you want to do is come and take my money. No, they never taxed rich people. They didn't do that. They never did. They said, we don't want your money. We'll we'll, we'll generate money through the economy. And uh, eventually, of course, they were destroyed by the World Bank and they were destroyed by the United States and France. But that world is possible. It really is.
9: i i I feel it's really important to transcend all of these terms these political terms like you
0: can't win with them
9: communism socialism um it's what we are this alternative future reality is about heart-centered loving kindness liberation peace um abundance for all it's it's uh it's about humanity and it's about returning to harmony. I mean, here we are. This is the equinox on, on Wednesday, that moment of balance. This is what we are being called to restore, to restore balance on uh, on planet Earth. And that's why I'm such an advocate of returning to nature, because we have come out of harmony. Oh, are we bleeping? No,
0: not at, well. I'm not. No, no. Sorry, good morning. I heard some
9: bleeps on the line. No, I, I was just saying that we need to come back into balance with planet Earth, with Gaia, with Mother Earth, which is why getting back into nature, growing your own vegetables, you know, finding out where your local water supply is. Where's is your natural spring? I'm not, yeah. One of the great things I've just bought is a distiller,
3: and oh, I yes. just d- yeah, yeah.
9: drink distilled water now—absolutely pure water. And it's an electric machine, but it's turned me on to the idea that no matter what happens with the water supply, and actually if you look at the gunk that's left over it when with tap when tap water boils down to nothing, it's gunge. It's the dark brown metallic gunge yeah. in the bottom and you realise that even the water supply is toxic. Yeah. So so all of these aspects of getting back in harmony with nature, getting our, restoring natural health nourishing ourselves learning how to be self sufficient learning how to forage all of these skills which we've lost how to how to grow your own vegetables um community living you don't have to necessarily buy a farm and live together to actually assemble a community where people some people are really good at growing vegetables and they can share you know and you may be good at something completely different like um yoga and you can teach that so we can share our skills. Brilliant. But this is really important that we start restoring harmony and balance because it's been we've been pulled out of balance massively.
0: You're by right, Rachel. You're right to you're right to you're right to pull me up on labelling it. It should never be labelled. Because what Alendi did, it it should never be described as an ism. It was just humanity. It was yes. the right thing to do was to 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 use the country 's resources for everybody, so that nobody was left without anything, so that everybody you know prospered and what you described there about you know the community that is my memory of places like Moon Kine in South Kilkenny because um my my, my father 's family came from rural Kilkenny, and I, I know people in rural rural Wexford, and that 's how people have always lived. My friend Jean Anne Crowley lives in Cleggan in Connemara in the west of Ireland. And that's how people get on. People do things for one another. They help people out there. We have forgotten that. Yes. You're absolutely well, right.
9: That's what's happened through city living. I mean, this is the thing. We have to understand that cities are machines. They're machines of command control. They keep the population in a place of dissonance. Whereas when you move out out of the cities into nature, you start coming back into harmonic resonance with nature, with uh, breathing fresh air, drinking, like having, being nourished and not being in that soup of dissonance the whole time, being in nature, hearing the bird song. And your body starts, your nervous system starts to regulate itself so you're not in this adrenaline response all of the time. And you start to notice the difference. I notice when I go back to London, which is very rare these days. Oh, my God. Trazy it's mad. an absolute machine yeah. to keep people in dissonance, so they're weakened and they're compliant with the programme. So I would say, if you're in a city, try and get out. If you can, try, at least sometimes. Try and escape now before it's too late.
0: Well, do you know, just just before we finish up, we've got about two minutes. I'll give you the final word, of course, and I, and I hope you'll come back again. And not It won't be as long as last time. We had a holiday in August. We spent just over a week... In the countryside, in a cottage that we obviously rented, right next to a river. We were nowhere near a main road. And everything you said, you described my experience down to a T. That's what it was, getting out of Salford and being there. And there were two long faces now, driving driving back up the M6, to be honest, driving back to the big city. So you've described it to a T. Rachel, I'm going to give you the last word. In doing so, lots of people have asked me, is there somewhere they can find you online to read you and to greet you in some way? Can they do that? And final word as well to you.
9: Thank you, Richie. Well, my main communication channel is on Telegram and I encourage everyone, if you're not on Telegram, get on Telegram because the beauty of it is it's about free speech. So I have a Telegram channel called Rachel Speaks Out um, I also have a every fortnight on a Monday at 12 noon UK time I do a Zoom call which I, is recorded where anyone can <clears throat> anyone can come on and express their view and share their opinions <clears throat> and you can sign up for that and it's totally free at my website rachelelnor.com um, and I also run a stand in the park. I initiated to stand in the park, which is, is is now in its fifth week. And that's in Bakewell, in Bath Gardens in Bakewell. And any Sunday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., come rain or shine, if you want to be cheered up, come along and uh, have a chat and say hello. Brilliant, and, brilliant. Uh, you know, that's the little community thing that we're, we're building a really beautiful core of people within walking distance, but people from all over come and make a little pilgrimage to the Bakewell stand in the park. So those are the kind of main ways that you can access me.
0: Rachel, it was brilliant having you back on again. Genuinely, breath of fresh air, I wouldn't dare... And butter you up it, it really was brilliant brilliant start of the week go to Rachel Elno E-L-N-A-U-G-H dot com look for Rachel Speaks Out on Telegram and connect with her there like I said Rachel don't leave it so long before coming back lovely to have you back on today
9: Thanks so much.
0: Bye for now, Richie. Bye for now, Rachel. Uh the brilliant Rachel Elnaw, live on Monday's Richie Allen radio show. Rachel Elno, E L N A U G H dot com. You'll get details of the Zoom call there. And she's on telegram, Rachel Speaks Out. Thanks for being with me. Uh, today, as usual, I've enjoyed the programme. Back with you tomorrow at Five Tuesday, where I do believe John O'Looney, the funeral director, has on the programme don't have the diary to hand but I think he is until tomorrow look after yourselves and one another take care enjoy the rest of your Monday leaving you with PM Dawn bye now